Uh, we are studying the Gospel of John. Um, so there is an outline for you in your bulletin. If you pull that out, uh, you can follow along. We are um, studying John. If you're new to us, uh, we are, have been in the Gospel of John this whole year. Uh, we started in January, and now we are uh, in the 16th chapter of the Gospel of John. There are Gospels of John out in the foyer if you want to pick those up, if you're uh, wanting to read along with us and just have that gospel, uh, you're certainly uh, welcome to it. Uh, so this is such an important scripture for us to look at today. Uh, there's a number of devotional writers, guys from the past uh, that I really love to read that, uh, that kind of help my perspective. One of them is a devotional writer named A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer very convictingly wrote, we may as well face it. The whole level of spirituality among us is low. We have measured ourselves by ourselves until the incentive to seek higher plateaus in the things of the spirit is all but gone. We have imitated the world, sought popular favor, manufactured delights to substitute for the joy of the Lord, and produced a cheap and synthetic power to substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit. As a pastor, that's a very convicting word. Um, I uh, have thought about that thing. It's been something I, I read it probably 20 years ago for the first time, but think about it often, and it motivates me as to who we are and what we're about here. We must be led by the Holy Spirit. We must be guided by him. Uh, one of the things that we should examine when we, when we see these passages and what Jesus has to say is how we think about and how we relate to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you know, if, you, <clears throat> if you've never been to church in your life and all you did was read the Old and the New Testament, you as a Christian would have significant expectations about the Holy Spirit, right? Think about it. Jesus, in talking about his upcoming death, comforts his disciples by telling them what we heard a few weeks ago in John 14, that he would send another counselor. And then in the verse we're going to read today, he says, it is to our advantage that Jesus is not walking among us because there's another one, a comforter or a counselor that is coming. In Acts chapter 1, after the death and resurrection of Jesus, he tells his disciples to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit. And the disciples did that because that's what people do when somebody rises from the dead and gives you instructions. Jesus' disciples had no idea what or whom they were waiting for or what it would be like, but they were expectant and they were trusting because Jesus had instructed them to wait for this good gift. Then in Acts chapter two, the fulfillment of the promise uh, in the spirit coming to, it was a shock to the disciples. The Holy Spirit's power was unleashed like no one had ever seen or experienced before. And Peter shares this amazing promise that the Holy Spirit would be available to every believer. The epistles tell us that the Holy Spirit's amazing power is at work in us 
and our spirit-enabled ability to put our sin to death through him and the supernatural gifts that he gives uh, to us. You know, if, if you see all that and you read all that, we should have this incredible expectation about the Holy Spirit among us. Amen? Amen. So we're listening to what Jesus has to say. Jesus is preparing to leave the earth. He comforted his disciples. He tells them, I don't want you to worry. And he says, the Holy Spirit is going to come among you. Jesus on that night before going to the cross proclaims how he intends to guide believers and the church in times and seasons of our life after Jesus is crucified, resurrected, and ascended back to heaven. He promises to send the Holy Spirit. What do we know about the Holy Spirit? Well, from our Gospel of John and other teaching and recognition, we recognize that the Holy Spirit is real because the Bible proclaims it to be true. The Holy Spirit is real. We know that God is at work in the world today through the Holy Spirit. Yes, there's a trinity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, but Jesus is not walking in sandals among us here. He sent the Holy Spirit. And what you felt when we were singing this morning, filling this room with praise, was the Spirit of God recognizing his presence in this place with us and in us. We know that the Holy Spirit indwells every believer we're going to highlight that again in just a moment. We know that he alone can give us the power that we need, the power, the peace, the, the gifts of God that he offers to us that come through the spirit. We know that he will give us guidance and wisdom to be his people in the world that we live in today. He will lead us. He will lead you personally. He will lead your family and he will lead and is leading this church. So Jesus powerfully and really pointedly proclaims John 16, verses 7 through 15. Now, I don't know how you think it must have sounded. I sometimes think, wonder what this sounded like. When, what, what did it sound? You know, I think sometimes we think that Jesus is kind of in his priestly robe and he's folded his hands and then he's just speaking. He's just, I, I don't think it's like that. Not a chance. See, what's happening is Jesus is excited. I mean, it's, it's the night before the crucifixion. He is with his disciples. He's been with them all these chapters that we've been working on together. It's the night before, and he's just about ready to tell them, how's this going to work? What's going to happen since I'm going to be gone? Can't you feel his anticipation? Like he's been mentioning it. And, and, and then he says this, very truly, like I'm telling you the truth. I am telling you it is for your good that I'm going away. And I'm sure they're going, mm-hmm. What, what are you trying to say? He said, unless I go away, he, the, the advocate, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Oh, I have so much more to say to you, more than you can bear. But when he the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. 
He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Can't you feel it? Jesus, Jesus is saying, something's happening. Something is going to happen. What, what is it that's going to take place? What is coming? What is next? How, how, is, how is God going to continue to move through you and all the believers after you? And what is coming? Jesus proclaims, number one, the Holy Spirit is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. Did you know that the Holy Spirit of God is in this room? The Holy Spirit of God is inside of you as you believe in Christ. The Holy Spirit is coming. He came. He comes. He continues to come. The Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God, the almighty, the living God is in this place today. You you know why church is so good? Church is so good, not because we have great singers or that we have wonderful people, or uh, the preaching, or whatever else you want to name. That's not what makes church so good. See, church is good. Here's, here's, here's my friend, Brent. All right, would you stand up? All right, Brent uh, is a believer, and that means that the Spirit of God lives in Brent. Speaks to him, makes a difference. Right, that's true, isn't it? You feel it all the time, don't you? All right, and so I'm certainly a believer. I trust in him. I've lived for him for like 50 years, and the Spirit of God is in me. I I feel it not just once in a while, but I don't just feel it at church. I feel it all the time. He's in me. But what happens when we come here is that the Spirit in him (laughs) and the Spirit in me, we get all excited. (laughs) Because God is speaking to us, the, the almighty God, and, and our spirits are united together, and we love each other, and not just us, but all of us, we love together. Isn't this the greatest place to come into every week? I mean, man, you just feel God's presence. You, you feel like this is a safe place, and you know that the spirit of God is there. But the, Jesus' ex- expression to us was, the Holy Spirit is coming. Uh, do you believe that the Holy Spirit is real and has been sent to us by Jesus. Okay, I put a little, I put a little phrase right there. That's, that little blank right there is for you to write your initials that you believe that. Because if you don't believe it and don't allow it to be true as an expression of your faith in Christ, then you're going to miss the majority of what God is up to and what God wants to say in your life. So you're saying, I believe that the Holy Spirit is real and has been sent to us by Jesus. Would you say amen? Okay, there you go. So that's, the, that's the first thing uh, that's happening right here. Number two. Number two is that what is coming, Jesus proclaims the Holy Spirit in you, like indwelling you. You see, the Holy Spirit uh, talks to us, works in our life, uh, and Jesus said it first. Jesus said, he'll be in you. When he said that, that was radical, right? I mean, that was a radical idea. When Jesus says that in John, absolutely radical. Up until that time in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon a person, but it really wasn't 
said that he was like in that person, this Old Testament presence of God where God dwelled in the tabernacle and in the temple, and that's where the Holy Spirit lived. But in the New Testament, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is going to live not in a tabernacle or in a church or in a building somewhere, not in a temple anymore, but in you. The sign of that was that when Jesus died, remember what happened? Jesus dies and the curtain in the Holy of Holies in the temple where the Spirit of God dwelled was ripped in in two from top to bottom. So God was saying through that in a symbolic way, I'm out of the temple now. I've come out. I'm coming into your lives. And on the day of Pentecost, it's going to be incredibly clear. He will be in you. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible's teaching us that what's inside that counts. What's in, you know, the Bible is helping us to see that we are containers of God. We are containers of the Spirit of God. You know, it really... You can have all kind of containers, and you can make these decorative, beautiful little containers, but what really matters in a real meaningful container is what's on the inside, right? So um, you, can, you can have something beautiful, and you can look all good on the outside, but what really matters is where's the Holy Spirit, and he is on the inside. Jesus has been saying that. I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send another counselor to be with you, the Spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit comes into our life. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? I mean, how much clearer could it be than that? The Spirit of God dwells in you. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? He has taken up residence in you. One more, 2 Corinthians six sixteen. Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The Holy Spirit uh, lives in believers. Well, how long? How long is that going to be? Well, the Bible tells us that it's an eternal relationship, that he will be in us uh, forever. It's the most important relationship in our lives. It's an eternal relationship. How does he come? How does he come into our lives? Well, Jesus says that he won't just be with you. A lot of times I hear people use that kind of language. You know, we have to work on our language to make sure we understand what we're talking about. You know, the Holy Spirit is not just with us, kind of like, whoo, there he is. Uh, No, Jesus says he's not, he is with us, but he's with us in an indwelling way. He indwells us, and so he is not just with us, he is in us. If you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is in you. We sang a song that said, let us become more aware of your presence. See, what that means is that you don't trick him into coming, you don't convince him into coming, just because you chose to follow Jesus Christ, the way that the Spirit of God works and makes you a Christian, makes you a Christ follower, is that he indwells you with the Holy Spirit. It's not up to you, whether what is up to you is to become more aware of his presence knowing that he's at work, knowing that he is, is willing to work in you and to speak to you. How long, forever, uh, how, just, not just with, but in, the result is I am never alone. I am not alone. Uh, Jesus says that there's, uh, 
a relational result of your life in Christ that the Holy Spirit comes and he is a person and he is with you all the time. We need that, don't we? We need the presence of God with us, uh, recognizing that he's with us. Now, this whole idea, uh, I try to think about ways for you to, to, to kind of think about this and recognize it. One of the most important things that happens to us is, is breathing, right? You know, when I go to the hospital and I meet people that are having trouble breathing, that's difficult, really difficult. Uh, you don't even think about breathing. You haven't even been thinking about it the whole morning. Here you are. You've been sitting right here, and you're doing this incredible thing because you're breathing out, and you're breathing in. And you're breathing out and breathing in. It's just such a natural part of who you are because without that, you'd be dead. Do you know that the word breathe come, is, is really the same word as spirit? So when he's talking about Holy Spirit, it is something so intimate so close that it's like spiritual breathing. I think about it all the time. You know, uh, you, know you ever say, whew, take a deep breath now. Uh, you know, what's really helpful is to realize that I'm breathing out those negative perspectives, those negative attitudes, all those worries and frustration, and I'm breathing in because I'm recognizing that I have the Spirit of God in me, and it's kind of like my breathing it's just an intimate part uh, of who I am. He promises that he would be with you. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is coming. Are you excited? The Holy Spirit is coming and he is dwelling in you. Uh, do you believe that the Holy Spirit lives in you as a true follower of Jesus Christ? Do you believe that? Okay, I, I wasn't sure of that. Let's try that one more time. Uh, do you believe that the Holy Spirit lives in you as a true follower of Jesus Christ? Let's say Amen. There you go. Fantastic. A little place that you can mark right there. You're just working on your beliefs and your understanding about the Holy Spirit in comparison to what Jesus had to teach us. Number three, what is coming? Jesus says, he proclaims, the Holy Spirit convincing and convicting. Convincing and convicting. So the Holy Spirit is working in us to convict and convince the world. He does this through our lives and he does it in the world. He will convict it. Um, one of the words that used in the, the word I read to you was he said that he will prove to the world. So he's convicting and convincing. The word convict there uh, is a word that talks about bringing something to light, to expose it, to refute it, to convict, to convince. Uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, hearing a lawyer that comes up and he's uh, working with a, with a witness and re getting them to tell the truth and the whole truth. Well, the Holy Spirit comes to us and he convicts us. Uh, this passage, Jesus says, the Spirit convicts us of sin. Convicts us of sin. And when I'm convicted of sin, convincing me that I have a big problem. He convicts us of sin that says there's something wrong in my life. Some who doesn't, a person that doesn't know Christ probably doesn't recognize or verbalize that their actions and their behaviors are sin. They don't know that yet because they're separated from God. But you know that the Holy Spirit reveals that there's something wrong with me, that there's a hole in my heart. The Holy Spirit is there to say something is wrong. He convicts us about sin, that something, I, I have a big problem. Number, the second thing is that the Spirit convicts of righteousness, Jesus says. Convicts of righteousness. The Holy Spirit is there to say that there, there's something life-changing and radically different about Jesus Christ. 
You know, that's one of his main jobs is to remind you that Jesus Christ is this incredible, unique person sent from God that brings life change and transformation to us. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of righteousness because he's going to the Father. He wasn't going to be here, but the Holy Spirit is still here to let people know who he is, to let people know of his righteousness. I mean, when you start talking about Jesus, now I'm not just talking about like using Jesus' name, but I'm talking about when you start really talking about who Jesus is and how he works in our lives and what he is accomplishing. There, you know, you do that in a lot of different environments and it gets weird quick, right? At your office or with some, with some guys at school. I mean, if you, if you mention Jesus, it's like everything gets quiet. And there's a little hush and a little nervousness going on. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is out there letting people know that there's something powerfully different and life transforming through Jesus Christ. Do you notice how people love to say Jesus Christ as a cuss word? Isn't that the most interesting thing? You know, the, 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 I, I never heard anybody say, oh, Tom Brady. I mean, uh. Maybe some of y'all, but you know. <laughs> but nobody, nobody picks, like you, you don't just call out your brother's name or, 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 or say, you know, that's not, I mean, maybe once in a while you say, but generally the whole society, people are upset about something and many times they'll say our Savior's name. You know why that is? Because the Holy Spirit is working everywhere and helping people to realize that there is something so amazing, so unique about Jesus Christ. You know what our job is? Our job is not to convict. You know what? I get in big trouble when I decide I'm going to be the convictor. You know, you're going to tell somebody, you're going to straighten them out, you're going to do, you know, no, I'm the witness. He's the convictor. He, he convicts and I serve as a witness. So I have opportunity to say, this is what Christ is doing in my life. This is the difference he's made in me. This is who Jesus is to me. And so I'm willing to describe that because I'm a witness. I'm not trying to convict anybody because the spirit is at work there. You ever have those moments, those conversations when something is happening and you, you, you walk away and think, oh man, I got to tell somebody about Christ or about something in my life there. You know why that happened? Because the Holy Spirit was way out in front of you. He was working and moving in that person's life and he's convicting and creating that opportunity and you walk through and you, I know, I know you thought it was, it was good, right? You thought you did it. You didn't do it. You didn't do anything. All you did was tell a witness of what God has been doing in your life through Christ, through his spirit. Um, so recognizing uh, the spirit convicts of sin, convicts of righteousness. Number three, the spirit convicts of judgment. So I'm convinced that the world is headed for disaster. The Holy Spirit helps us to see that this world without Christ is headed for a mess. Amen? So what will I choose to believe? How will I choose uh, to live my life? The Holy Spirit can see, uh, can help us to see what Jesus has in mind, what he is wanting us to understand. So the Holy Spirit is convicting and convincing. So I believe that the Holy Spirit continues to reveal God's truth to us, right? That's what we believe, that God's Spirit, through, through the Holy Spirit, God is still proclaiming truth to all of us. 
Now, number four, what's coming? What does Jesus have to say? Jesus is proclaiming that the Holy Spirit will be guiding and speaking. Guiding and speaking. It is, it's so important as a believer that you believe in your heart that God is guiding you and that he is willing uh, to speak to you. You heard Jesus say it. I have more to say to you, more than you can bear right now, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He'll not only sp not speak on his own, he'll speak only what he hears, and he'll tell you what is yet uh, to come. Um, you know, there is so much left to come. He's telling them God's going to continue to speak. And he spoke through the book of Acts and uh, through the New Testament and the book of Revelation. But I believe this scripture is for now as well. Could it be? Could it be that the spirit of God is still desiring to guide your life? to speak to you about truth of what he wants to accomplish in you. He will always guide us in, in, tr in truth, recognizing who we are. What's the point? The point is that God not only gives us direction, but he supplies each of us with like a, a personal representative, a personal guide. You know, I don't know about you, but if I was, if I was stuck in the woods out in the jungle somewhere, you know, and you had three things with you. Number one, you could have a map. Number two, a compass. And number three, a personal guide to get you out. I take the guide every time, right? I mean, we have a map. The map is the word of God. It's incredible what it, the importance that it has for us. Uh, but we also have a personal guide with us. Do you know why the Bible seems so alive when you read it? It's because you got, this, you got this person in you that is helping you to understand what that scripture says. Haven't you heard it a hundred times? You know, if you spend some time in the word of God and you come across a scripture, you know, you read that scripture and you think, oh, I've read that a hundred times. I don't need to read that. And I'll read, I go to another one. No, you read that same scripture and it will speak to you so powerfully different because of where you are right now because... The Holy Spirit is teaching us. The Holy Spirit is speaking, helping us to know direction and where he wants us to go. This is God's plan. It's his purpose for us. Uh, he is our personal guide along with us. He always guides us toward truth, toward hope, and finally, toward Jesus. Do you know the Holy Spirit is always pointing you to Jesus? always encouraging you uh, in Jesus so that the spirit of truth will guide us. He will speak not on his own, but he will speak what he hears that comes from Jesus. He will tell us what is yet to come. What is yet to come? How are you going to deal with tomorrow? Tomorrow, your best bet is to spend some time in prayer and the word of God and ask the Holy Spirit, would you direct me in what I need to be doing? in what direction uh, I need to go. So he's encouraging us. So we say, I believe that the Holy Spirit guides me, speaks to me, and leads the church. As a matter of fact, you see that one on your outline there? Uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to read it out loud. If you're reading it on the outline, let's read this out loud. Ready? I believe that the Holy Spirit guides me, speaks to me, and leads the church. So he leads you. He is willing to lead your family as you invite him into your family and as he leads uh, our church. So there's, there's one more point here. Jesus is saying, what's coming? What, what? Jesus proclaims that the Holy Spirit is showing us what is yet to come. What is yet to come? 
God is working in you, in your family, in our church. You know, um, God is working in this church. Uh, I, I feel it. I see it all the time. Uh, you know, this is our uh, this is our time, right? This is our time. This is our season here. Uh, for God to work. I mean, can you believe all the things that God is doing in people's lives? I could spend the next hour talking to you about that, but all the things at Southside and Summit and what God is up to, you know, this is a great place, but we have to realize that this is a spirit moment, a spirit time where we need to listen to the spirit of God and realize what God is going to say. Now, there's this song we sing, and this song says um, things like, these are the days of Elijah, or these are the days of Ezekiel. You remember that song? We like that song, don't we? You know what that song is about? That song is saying that these days are like those days. That these days are like the days of Ezekiel, where the dry bones are becoming as flesh. The songwriter is trying to help you realize that this season that we're in right now is very similar to the work of God. And, you know, we look at the Old Testament and say, whoa, that was amazing. I wonder, you know, why, why didn't God ever move like that? He is. He is. He's up, to, he's up to great things in people's lives. I mean, just look across this room and look at what is happening in this church. And we can't miss our season. We got to be listening to the voice of God. We got to be saying yes to what he's saying to you personally. You know, God is speaking to you. God is calling you. God has things he wants to accomplish in you. He has the not yet known, right? He's, he, Jesus said, he's going to tell you things that I'm going to reveal to him that he's going to tell to you. Now, he's not just talking about the disciples and helping them make it. Through. No, he's talking about you. He's talking about the church. And as we come before him, these are the days of Elijah. These are the days where the Spirit is indwelling us individually and dwelling in the church and calling us to be who he wants us to be. Uh, I think we ought to sing this, don't you? Let's stand up. Sing Days of Elijah. Sing it, though, not like it's about the past. Sing it the now and how the Spirit is working in us. The days of Elijah.
people, the days of Ezekiel. Come on. These are the days of You can be seated for a second. So what are we saying? We are saying that this is our time, that God is at work. God has more to reveal to us. God has his hand and his heart on, on us as individuals in our relationship with Christ and in our church. So, uh, so I'm telling you, do you believe that this, this is a time for us? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on like 14 years here. And I cannot believe how enthusiastic I am about what God is up to. You know, we're not dried up, just kind of going on our way, just going through the motion. No, we got new things that God wants to accomplish in us. If we will listen, if we will hear, if we will respond uh, to what he wants to say to us. And there's people that God wants us to reach. So this fall is such a great opportunity. 
Um, you know, school's over with and summer's over. Uh, and now we have this time that we can really focus in on what God is going to say to us. This is going to be an incredible fall. So on your, on your card, on your communication card, I gave you some, uh, some ways that you can respond. It's also on the bottom of your notes. Um, I, I want you to think about your attendance because, you know, we, we got these 10 or 11 weeks between now and Thanksgiving, and God is going to speak to us so powerfully through that. Uh, don't miss church. Maybe watching it online. I know we have a, a great group online that are watching. Uh, make sure, don't miss church. Don't miss what's happening. Uh, and even if you have to be gone somewhere, catch up. Go, go to our website, follow up on what's happening so that you hear what is taking place and what God is up to with us. Uh, we have uh, family services that are happening. All that is starting. Uh, I wanted you to think about inviting. This is such a great time to invite somebody to talk about uh, our church. I was talking to a guy the other day, and he was just telling me that he was, um, you know, didn't normally talk a lot about religious things. He said he caught himself just talking about the church, just right in the middle of what he was had going on. And I, I said, good job, man. That's, you know, keep on doing that. That's what we want to happen is have these conversations. Who are you going to be inviting? If the Spirit of God is moving, let the Spirit reveal to you who it is that God wants you to be reaching out to who it is that God wants you to talk to, who it is that God wants you to invite uh, to come and be a part of this. You come into an atmosphere like this, the Holy Spirit begins to get involved in people's hearts and encourage them. So come and invite others to come with you. Read, uh, read the, the 16 through 21. That's our focus uh, for the book of John. We're going to have uh, all, all these different weeks about the cross. We're going to have Resurrection Day on October the 27th. I know that doesn't sound like Easter, but it's Resurrection Day on October 27th. Um, so just thinking about um, all of those things. One of the things that we can do to allow the Spirit to help us during this time as we grow together is to serve. Uh, finding a way to serve others at PFN, at Southside, at Summit. As you go out, uh, if you walk down this little hallway, there's the service wall. And we'll begin to talk more about it. But how could you serve at Southside? There's some ways that you can do that through dinner church. Uh, there's some ways that you can serve at Summit. We're going to be doing a non-food drive over the next few weeks. And we're going to use some of those items to do some uh, DCFS uh, bags that we're going to offer to them. We're going to do some moms uh, who care uh, bags over in Summit. And then we're going to give away everything else that we have to Southside and that neighborhood over there. Uh, so down the hallway, you're going to see tables all set up and signs that'll be up there beginning this coming week. And it'll be opportunity. We like non-food drives here. Uh, not that we don't like food. We support pantries and we do all those things. But there's so many things that people can't get through all the different services that are in our county and, and even in Peoria. So what we've given you in the bulletin and on the wall is things that you can bring, non-food things that people can't get, whether it's clothing or uh, hygiene or whatever. You, many of you have been involved in that before. We'll be doing that all the way through October. So we're going to gather a lot. Uh, so you have time. Uh, you don't have to bring it today. Um, and even thinking about our giving, how do we accomplish all those things uh, together? So God is helping us. Amen. Uh, God is ready to do the next. If we're not ready for the next thing that God wants to do, we might miss it. So let, let's pray for it. Let's believe for it. Let's ask God to help us with what he wants to do. Would you pray with me? Jesus, uh, thank you for what you're doing in this service today. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. And thank you for what you're doing in every person's life. 
Help us, Lord, to hear you say, he's coming, and he's coming to us. He's indwelling us as believers. If we've not given our heart to Christ and maybe have no idea what the pastor is all excited about today, maybe today is the day to give our lives to Christ to surrender our sin, to repent, and to turn our hearts toward Christ and allow the Spirit of God to take up residence in us. Lord, we pray for these days ahead. We pray for the people that you want us to reach out to. Speak to us, Lord. Guide us, Holy Spirit. And we pray that your will and your way will be what you accomplish in and through all of us and through this church. We praise you together, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said together, amen. amen.